This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Good afternoon. Good morning or good evening and welcome to the Blurring the Lines podcast. This is episode number 202. If you can't believe you missed episode 200, you're going to have to go back and listen. We had a good episode last week on AI that seems to be pretty popular. So thank you, listeners. But uh, anyway, I am your host, Adam Bell. And joining me as always is my co-host, Peter Nicolaitis. How you doing, Peter? Woohoo! <laughs> That's It's a- Friday. It's Friday. It's always Friday. It's always Friday on the Blurring the Lines podcast. <laughs> yeah, as we say, good afternoon, good good evening, etc. We don't know where you are, but here it's Friday. Yeah, here it's Friday. <laughs> yeah, that's actually that seems that seems accurate. So, <laughs> so what's going on in your neck of the woods? Oh, we're finally getting a little bit of a a cold snap. Well, we had a had a freeze while we were in Miami, mm-hmm. um, so we didn't miss that. We did miss that, but we didn't miss that. Um, but now, say I was missing it, Bob. <laughs> yeah. So we're getting a little cooler here now, but it's still really pleasant for um for November, mid November. Okay. Uh, we had our our I guess it was this p- past week we had our warmest week on record. It was like 84 degrees in November. (laughs) I am not happy with warmest week on records. You know, it used to be, oh, that's kind of neat. And now it's like, yeah, we're all going to (laughs) die. We are all going to die. Yeah, some of us sooner than others. (laughs) I can't even believe I'm going to, talk about the thing that i bought that was nifty <laughs> not as nifty as it once was nope <laughs> well i you know speaking of nifty that's not as nifty as it once was but i'm not i'm not really not, don't hear it as a complaint i mean uh the so my my apple ultra watch i've got the first ultra and i've been using it for audible and there have been times when Audible has been better than other times. Yes. Um, and right now it's in one of those worst times. Uh, you know, to a degree, I had to figure out um, how it operated, how how the app operated. Right. And how to best use it. Um, and so it will, it caches, it will stream and download. It doesn't really give you an option to just download. Like mm-hmm. with my phone, the phone app, mm-hmm. I go and I say download, and then it downloads the Audible book that I'm reading. And so it's on the phone. It, it's just there. Now with the Apple Watch, I don't have that kind of control. I If I, if I want to absolutely have a, a episode downloaded, I have to open the app. I have to be somewhere where it's going to get it fast, either on 5G or in my Wi-Fi. And I have to kind of keep the app open and kind of play with it and watch the download until it completes. If I do that, I can consistently listen to that book. Got it. But if you don't watch it, the download doesn't complete. It doesn't complete. Right. Because 
the watch, I mean, iOS is pretty bad, but the watch OS is notorious for not background tasking. When it's in the background, nothing happens. Yeah, single threading. (laughs) Yep. And if your uh, app is set to like go back to the home screen or your watch is set to go back to the home screen after some inactivity, Mm -hmm. there you go. Your your download just got interrupted. Yeah. And so I'm also experiencing (laughs) that in if I'm going for a walk, I, I always track my outdoor walk. And so if I start my outdoor walk and then I start my book, and if I'm trying to stream my book, it'll read for about 15 seconds and then it'll stop. Mm-hmm. And when I open it back up, it's back on the walking. It's it's going back to my exercise thing. And so I flip it back to, to the audible, mm-hmm. hit it again. And it the bummer is it starts where it did 15 seconds. So you listen to the same clip yep. three times and that kind of irritates you. And yep. <laughs> so I've just found that if I, if I'm going to be uh, streaming it, I need to start the stream before I start my exercise. That's not a rule. That's more of yep. a guideline. <laughs> yep. Yep. More of a guideline, but it's a good guideline. Mm-hmm. So. Because what I did find is have you done the the out or the the uh, walking uh, exercise app? Have you done that? It shows up at the top of your exercises now. The walking, you mean like the Apple Fitness Plus thing where they walk with you? Or yeah, you just the out? Fitness Plus audio workouts. I did those briefly when I had Fitness Plus, but I don't have Fitness Plus right now. So, so I use the walking all the time, but I mm-hmm. but not the not the Fitness Plus workouts. So I have the Fitness Plus workouts as part of my Apple One subscription. Uh, I didn't really want to buy an Apple One subscription, but I could get it for my family. And my family likes music um, and I like music and, uh, you know, my wife wants music and Apple Music is pretty comprehensive. It's not, I mean, no no provider out there is 100% comprehensive of everything, but Apple's pretty good on the music and I share it with my family. And the cheapest way to do that was the Apple one. Apple one. Yep. And so that included fitness free. Yep. But at the top, you know, it, when you have fitness plus you have the fitness plus audio workouts, and if you click on it, it is somebody that is inspirational you know that they've done some things in their lives or overcome some things and it's meant to be a walk you know you walk and listen to them talk and um you know they're supposedly walking too you hear crunching in the background like they're walking but i mean i think they really are walking but uh they could be just storyboarding that but you know but either way uh it is kind of fun and that never fails and okay. I have never downloaded or streamed or chosen any part of that. Of course not, because that's an Apple product. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's and a- that that's not, I mean, this is something Scott would love to, uh, you know, friend of the show, Scott Wilsey. Hello, Scott. Say hi, Scott. <laughs> hey, Scott. He, he's not actually listening right now, but hi, he will Scott. be. <laughs> um, he would love to talk about that because that was a, a well-known thing and a thorn in the side of third-party developers where, you know, them third-party developers using like iCloud functions would tell you and swear that they their access to iCloud storage and, you know, other Apple APIs and stuff is not the same as what Apple has. 
Oh, no, no. You get the exact same thing as we provide our in-house. You're getting the same tools, Peter. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And, you know, that's not uncommon. Microsoft was accused of that, you know, kind of stuff back in the day, too, where they didn't have third-party developers didn't have the same, you know, like hook API hooks and views into the operating systems. And then I think it was Mark Rosinovich come along with, you know, win internals and just blew that out of the water. And then the next thing you know, he's a high level executive in Microsoft. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe that's what we need. Marco Arment needs to become a high level executive at Apple, clean mm-hmm. that up, clean up their developer shop. Well, I'm sure I, I haven't tried this. I, maybe I will just to, to give it a trial, but I bet if I were listening to my books on Apple's platform, yep, that I would have almost zero flaw. Absolutely. Now, and and the other thing too is like I would love to point the finger at Amazon for this, but you know, Audible, they've been around the block for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, like I remember buying Audible oh, like in the 90s, I think. Like I had, I had, I think I had, if I remember correctly, I think I had an audible app on my Palm pilot or maybe huh. my Palm trio. Right. I, maybe I'm thinking of something else, but I remember buying, I think I bought, I think the first audible book, audio book I ever bought, I think was the strange uh, case of uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. So, and I couldn't, I remember trying, I remember buying it and I remember trying to find it again a few years ago and I was not able to like locate my original purchase, but wow. Audible has been around a while. It was founded in 1995 and went public in 1999. There you go. And wow. when did Amazon acquire them? Uh, it didn't say that at the quick hit. Um, okay. Well, anyway, that anyway, my, my point is that, you know, you'd think that they would be, you know, cranking out some good code. They've been around that long. Then again, Microsoft has been around that long too. So, yeah, so. I, I kind of don't, cause it works perfectly on my phone. I have, yeah. I have so little problems with it on my phone. Yep. Um, so I kind of think it's, you know, just the way that it hooks with Apple and some of the, and some of the watch stuff is, is janky you know, hydrate that app, you know, I still, it doesn't operate properly unless it's connected to Bluetooth on the phone. If I get out of range of my phone, yeah, hydrate doesn't work anymore. I I don't use that app anymore. I think I told you that I just replaced it with uh, a couple of shortcuts that I wrote Mm -hmm. and I just have an automation now where it runs, I think every two hours or so between like eight and four or something to tell me to drink water and it tells mm-hmm. me how much I've drunk. And then I just made a shortcut. So I say, Hey Dingus, I drank water. It asks how many ounces I tell it and, it, and, and I'm done. Yeah. On that note, it's interesting that you would mention hydrate and hydration. <laughs> I have for the longest time had to get up in the middle of the night to use the restroom multiple times. And I've been hearing recently that getting up once in the middle of the night is normal, maybe twice. If I would only get up twice in the in the middle of the night, that's a win for me. Wow. Depending Mr. on I... how much I drink, I would, you know, could wake up like every two hours. And I had tried not drinking like up to like five hours before bedtime and still getting up in the middle of the night multiple times. Recently heard a short brief by uh, Andrew Huberman, who's a popular uh, doctor and, you know, health optimization guy. He's, 
you know, in the same circles with uh, Peter Atia, and he's been on, I think pretty, pretty sure he's been on Tim Ferriss, if, if not his colleagues have. So, you know, pretty popular name now. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did a thing and he cited some studies that showed it's not the number of hours before bedtime that's important. It's the number of hours after you wake up. So you want to be doing most of your drinking within 10 hours of waking because that's when the kidney is doing most of its work. So what I've been trying to do is chug all of my water before on most days before four o'clock in the mm-hmm. afternoon. Taking a big chug of water right now because that t- four o'clock is coming up here on the Eastern, <laughs> East, on Eastern time. So the idea is that the kidney is going to do all of its, you know, the main work during the first 10 hours of the day. Mm-hmm. And I've tried it for a few nights now and it is making a difference. The first night, I swear, I was just after years and years of this, of just get being conditioned, I was waking up in the middle of the night for no reason. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, time to go use the restroom. Nope, nope, don't have to. <laughs> so, but last night, I think I woke up once and that was it. And uh-huh. honestly, I don't remember the last time that's happened. It's happened like maybe twice in the last couple of years. I think like the, after the night after my first marathon, maybe I woke up one time in the mm-hmm. middle of the night. But I am trying my darndest to be able to sleep through the night. And so between needing to use the bathroom, late onset insomnia, which is something I go through bits and, you know, fits and spurts through every mm-hmm. couple of years, I'll have, you know, or, you know, several months, it'll just last. Um, shoulder pain, knee pain. These are both things that can wake me up in the middle of the night if I'm not mm-hmm. sleeping right. Or even if I feel like I am sleeping right. Um, toothache pain. So with all this stuff, I'm fighting this, trying to, you know, and and I'm also trying to stay away from like hardcore, what, Ambien or Xanax or whatever. I don't even know, like what people take for like real sleeping, you know, medicine problems. Yeah. So um, this might be the biggest breakthrough that I have (laughs) found so far in my quest for sleep. So I'm really curious, but yeah. But the thing is, friend of mine's coming over tonight. And we're probably going to have a beer. <laughs> That's going to knock everything off. <laughs> so <laughs> kind of disappointing, but you know, it, it'll be curious though, because I'm tracking this again. You know, I'm tracking in my my with my Apple Watch, my sleep time, tracking. I'm also adjusting the dosage of melatonin that I take. Mm-hmm. I've upped it from three milligrams to nine, mm-hmm. which seems to be hitting the right spot too. So it's it's interesting. So it is well. And court, I I think it. I mean, very it it's very different for me. Um, so I uh, right now I'm at 93 ounces. So I start my day with 32 ounces before I go to the gym. I right. so I I have eight ounces when I brush my teeth. I have 24 ounces more by the time I take my vitamins and everything to go to the gym, and then I'll drink another between 12 and 16 ounces at the gym. And then I'll come home and drink 24 ounces of coffee. So by the time my morning has started at seven o'clock, I've consumed probably 60 or 70 ounces of fluid yep. at that You're point. You're halfway there. Yeah, I'm halfway there. And then I just keep on 
Uh, so I'm typically done with my my total, which I have a goal of 116 ounces. I'm yep. usually done with that by 4 p.m. And yep. then I like will. You're up. You're up. What's 4 a.m. 4 a.m. So yeah. So you you're you, so if. Oh, Thank you. Watch if you if you if you listen to these studies, you should be done by two p.m. Mm-hmm. You know. But then here's the other thing that I do. Like, so it's just a difference, and I don't know what makes it what makes you and me different. Um, I drink immediately before I go to sleep, twenty four <laughs> to thirty two ounces of water. Wow! Before I go to sleep, and I don't wake up to pee. Uh, our, obviously our bladders and kidneys are different. <laughs> so. I mean, and, and when I get up, uh, when I get up at four, I don't, I mean, I need to go to the bathroom, but it's not urgent. Yeah. Um, yeah. but, but I do go to the bathroom and then I usually go to the bathroom again at the gym, which yep. is only 30 minutes later. Yep. <laughs> It's Here just, we are talking about fitness stuff and not, not at all technology related, although it's somewhat technology related because I'm tracking yeah. it with my watch, right? Yeah. So well, yeah, these I, lines are blurring, aren't they? They are blurry, but I don't know. I mean, it's just different. It's not, I guess it's just, we're different. <laughs> yeah. but, and that's, this is true, right? Yeah. So, uh, so well, well, yeah. So, so, okay. Kidney function talking about that. I mean, that's, you know, that's health. That's kind of important. And given especially my uh, hereditary uh, uh, family history of kidney stones. And have you ever had a kidney stone? I had them twice, twice. And that's when I learned my lesson about hydration. Mm -hmm. So the first time I had it, I had no idea. The second time I was like, okay, I'll drink more. Okay. I learned my lesson. Mm Mm-hmm. My dad has had them like 10 times. Yeah. Never learned my, his lesson. My dad's the same way. He's had them. He's had them a lot. I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't even know how many times he's had them. He's gotten to where he's just used to the procedure, goes in, they blow oh. him up and then he pees them out. And, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, the... yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I plan to not go through that again. <laughs> yeah. so I was just like, I learned the fix. I just didn't realize, like, you know, I, I thought I was drinking enough. Mm-hmm. but you know then i was told like no you need like at least eight glasses of, okay well eight glasses that's 64 ounces i'm drinking most days i'm drinking twice that mm-hmm. so yeah there you go yeah yeah i'm i'm grateful that that has has not been a thing for me <laughs> so let's talk about music all right music so you know i I, I don't know if you what what do they call it? It's an it's an earbug, you know, when you get a song in your head and you know it just sticks there. I think that's what it's or yeah, ear whatever. So music resonates with me and stays with me. And so I don't listen to the radio anymore because I've heard every song that they play on the radio because not because there's a large volume of music out there that they could oh. be playing. It's because you turn on the radio and they're still playing the same stinking songs mm-hmm. that you remembered from high school. You remembered from college. You're like, and I, I didn't like these songs then. Why are <laughs> they still on the radio? You know, so these things get stuck in my head. So I've, I've not listened to the radio for the last 15 years and um, I have not missed it. 
until recently, um, I've just been following, you know, on YouTube, I, I paid for YouTube premiere and there's a lot of music that's showing up that I've never heard the artists. Well, mm -hmm. I've heard of the artists and I've heard some of their music, but they have such a larger live performance repertoire of music yep. that, that has never been heard because we don't hear it on the radio. Yep. Uh, a case in point for me was Joss Stone. I don't okay. she's a she's an English um singer and she sang some pop song, you know, like 10 years ago, 12 years ago. And I was like, oh yeah, she's pretty good, but I never listened to any of her other music. And I just happened to come across some or while I was in YouTube, and she is a fantastic singer, you know, really soulful. Real, you know, got a lot, got a lot of, um, she can sing Janis Joplin. She can sing, you know, uh, CCR, you know, things like that. Just really, really soulful. And I was like, wow. And she's got some great music. So I'm going out there and I'm, I'm going to try to listen. I'm listening to things that are off the beaten path. I, mm -hmm. I, mean, I don't want to hear anything that's on the radio, but yep. there's a lot of music out there that uh, oh, yeah. I just never listened to. Yeah, well, I did. So I generally don't listen to the radio. I can tell you, I do remember the last time I listened to the radio. And that was this morning. <laughs> because <laughs> for the first time in, I don't remember how long, I left the house not wearing my Apple Watch because it was mm -hmm. charging and not carrying my phone <laughs> because I left it sitting on the stand. But I got out into the car and I was like, oh, I have to go get, do I really though? And I was like, oh, I've got my wallet so I can buy stuff. Yeah. Fine. You know, I was just heading down to the grocery store down the road. I was like, no worries. And believe it or not, I lived. I survived. You lived. <laughs> survived without my without my phone and my watch. Um, but I did turn into the uh, local uh, uh, public broadcasting, you know, a national NPR affiliate here. Mm -hmm. And so I listened a little bit to the news headlines on the way. And that was about it. But normally, yeah, I don't. Audio. There, There's like some independent stations and like college stations that play some good stuff sometimes, mm -hmm. but not really that great. Yeah. I, you know, I was thinking about that this morning. Uh, well, I was, I was listening to a book. Actually it was yesterday. I was thinking in one of the main characters was a hacker and he's not allowed anywhere near a computer. So <laughs> at this point he doesn't have a, he doesn't even have a computer. He doesn't even have a, a phone. Yep. Like, and I was thinking, could I live without a computer and a phone? And I mean, I, I can't and do the job. You can't do your job. <laughs> yeah, I can't no. do my job. Um, but I don't, I mean, it'd be really difficult for me today to go without my phone. I mean, without mm -hmm. any sort of communication while mobile. I mean, I know, yeah. you know, like 10 years ago, that was kind of the thing. Well, you need to be able to live without your phone and, you know, and we did it, but, but now I'm so connected and my business is so yep. connected that I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't do my vocation without it. Yeah. That, that's just it. You'd probably need to change jobs. Yeah. Right. Although like, what was it? It was the, wasn't it Japan's minister of cybersecurity a few years ago, like boasted that he's never even used a computer. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe not, maybe you could do your right. job just fine. Yeah, maybe so. But you know, I, I don't really, 
I mean, I don't really do a lot of work in the evenings, you know, generally when, you know, after four 30 or five o'clock, I don't get, my team doesn't need me, Yep. but I need to be available if they do end up needing me. Cause yep. if they only need me like, you know, five times out of the year, they really needed me. <laughs> yep. Oh, they can't just ring you up on the landline. Don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's i i think i've been pretty good recently about dropping things that i had just because you know i've always done it this way mm -hmm. like my father will never change right he's gonna he wants his satellite tv he wants direct tv or dish network he wants a giant monstrosity of a remote control with a guide <laughs> right. So he will never use a Kindle, you know, fire TV stick or YouTube TV or an Apple TV. Mm -hmm. He will never get rid of his landline, you know, because mm -hmm. you got to pick up the phone. I'm like, dad, you can just pick up this phone yeah, right. into his iPhone. It works here at home. Right. <laughs> you know, you don't need that phone. Right. So, mm -hmm. but you know, I'm well, like one thing I'm, I'm doing right now, this week's exercise is I'm changing banks for mm. my primary. So I have a number of accounts, right? I've got one for, you know, like business expenses, yoga stuff, one for real estate, uh, one for personal. I have a couple of lines of credit all with the local bank. Why? Because it's a half mile from my house. Mm -hmm. And back when I had, uh, you know, I would get paper checks all the time from clients. Yeah. Often the mobile deposit app that they had would not work. So I would have to physically go to a bank, mm -hmm. right? Well, despite the fact that I stopped accepting paper checks some time ago, <laughs> yeah, I don't remember the last time I had to go to the bank to cat, you know, to cash a check. Um, I still kept that bank because it's close and, you know, I've got all my ACH transfers, all my bill pay flows into it. My paycheck goes there, et cetera. So everything is all going into one place. But I, a while ago, opened up an American Express um, personal savings account. And right now it's paying like 4.3%. Mm-hmm. So I would, at one point I had my paycheck go straight there instead. And then when I needed money, I would take it out. But actually what I would, what I had been doing, I would have my paycheck go to my non-interest bearing checking account. Mm -hmm. And then when I would look at it, make sure my bills are all paid, I would take the rest and put it into the savings account. Mm -hmm. Then I flipped that on, turned it around. Like by default, just going to make, start making money from day zero right? Mm -hmm. As soon as the money hits, start making interest and then draw out to pay the bills. Mm -hmm. Well, now I've started like, okay, why don't I just pay the bills out of that account instead? Mm -hmm. I don't have to do this juggling. So, But you can't I've do been, too many transactions. Right. Well, that's the thing. It's from a savings account. You can't do that. But then I also found out that, you know, most of my money now is with Charles Schwab and they have a savings account, which is paying like five point two percent or something it's almost a full percent more mm -hmm. and i was like well why don't i just start putting all my money there mm -hmm. and so i'm sort of i'm gradually weaning myself off but it takes time like i switched credit cards some time ago 
And you know, I moved from Capital One to a Chase Inc. business, you know, Visa, because mm-hmm. the, you know, it was just paying a higher rate. Even with the annual fee factored in, the Chase, you know, thing is making more money, you know, no question. So and it, you know, like time goes by and like, okay, I got all my monthly recurring stuff. Everything's over there. And then another bill hits my old Capital One card. I'm like, oh, I missed one. Okay, fine. And then, oh, then there's an annual subscription for something that I had forgotten about. Oh, that's going over to the, you know, Capital One card, right? So that's going to keep happening for, you know, stuff that I have on auto pay from my ACH transfer probably as mm-hmm. well. But I'm making the, pro- you know, it's 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 a hassle, but it's not that big a deal. You just got to dedicate some time and, you know, you got to be diligent about it. So you don't make sure that you have all of your deposits going to one check, but the withdrawals are still coming out of the old one. That would be a bad, bad occurrence, right? Yeah. So I'm working on that. Um, But I also recently changed uh, insurance carriers. Yeah. So the latest issue of Consumer Reports rated uh, auto insurance vendors for, for starters, carriers. And so um, I looked, I don't remember if I sent you this picture or not. I think I sent it to my running buddy, Greg. Um, you look at the list of all of the uh, insurance carriers rated. And mm-hmm. I was trying to find mine. And I went down the first column and up to, and then down the second column all the way to the bottom. Mm-hmm. yeah we That's talked about where... this last week oh we did okay <laughs> sorry i didn't remember if we had or not so <laughs> i finished that transition so as of today all my stuff is on amica and i'm saving several hundred dollars a year nice so yeah it's just like you know you get to a point sometimes it's like why am i doing this well because i've always done it that way mm-hmm. yeah but it sucks <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is the citizens bank app for the iphone royally sucks it's terrible and it and i hate it every time i use it and i was like mm-hmm. wait a minute so they're not charging me fees but the other place would pay me to have my money there and their app doesn't suck so why am i enduring this anymore mm-hmm. so well, you're talking about the um making making account changes so we have had we've had a home equity line of credit on our house mm-hmm for for years yep um we actually well when we were looking for it uh well when we bought our farm uh we were looking at how we were going to pay for it and it was either a a mortgage or the home equity line and the home equity line was a a bit more flexible right because we we also didn't we it would have been difficult to get a traditional mortgage on this farm because you know they have all these factors of a of a house is worth so much value and you know the the house would not meet any sort of specs as far yep. as like FHA we couldn't we couldn't get FHA anyway because we weren't right but there were so many ways that they were like they would have never come up to the value of the farm that we were going to pay for it right. so the home equity line gave us that uh, flexibility to take the credit you know take cash out of our house pay for this farm yep. and we bought it and it was like at 3.4% interest at that point. This was like yep. 2017. Yeah. And in that at that time, that was a little high. I mean, because a mortgage was like 2%. And it was my, like <laughs> Yeah, my my mortgage. Well, right now, my the only mortgage I have left right now is 3.75. Yeah. 
which when I got it, I was like, oh, God. And now I look at it, I was like, oh, that's not bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember my very first mortgage was like 8.7%. And, I, mm -hmm. you know, I thought that was good then. You know, it wasn't 14 or anything like that. So anyway, but that home equity line has been creeping up. Uh, and it was all the way up to 8.5%. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I've got to. I've got to go to a traditional mortgage. And so we did, we, we refinanced, created the mortgage, dropped it in there. So now we're, you know, at six, six and a half percent. Well, which is still not great, but I mean, mm -hmm. it's better than the, better than the late nineties when we bought our first house. So, but anyway, you have to do the closing and I wanted to pay the closing costs out of pocket. I don't want to finance the right. closing costs over the life of the loan. Why not pay more? Pay more. So they're like, well, people don't typically do that. I'm like, I don't care what other people do. I want to pay the closing costs. I don't want to finance the closing costs. Okay. Yep. Well, you have to, you'll have to bring it in to the, to the uh, title company in closing. I'm like, okay. Um, can I bring cash? I'm like, no, we don't take cash. That we don't take checks. I said, no, I mean, cash, cash, like money, real money. Can I bring real in money. money? Cash money. Cash money. Can I bring money? Well, I don't think so. She didn't even know. So like, I don't think so. I said, well, can she said, we do? We can do a wire transfer. And I said, well, can you take a cashier's check? Well, I don't know. I'll have to get back to you. This is the closing company. I mean, this is what they, this is like asking me. They don't know. You guys install antivirus? Uh, mm, let me, let me, let me, check. let me call back to you on that. Let me get back to you. <laughs> yeah, let me get back to you on that. So, but, but they ended up, they would take a cashier's check because I really didn't, I didn't want to wire it. For one, I don't, I, I personally don't, you know, as me, I don't have a method where I can just wire money. Now my business, right. I can wire, I, I have, I have a medium to wire money from my business. Right. I just don't have a medium to wire from myself. And it's yep. because it's a closing, it has to come from me, not my business. I mean, right. <laughs> yeah, there's plenty of, I'm sure you just take it right out of the business. Yeah. So I went, you know, I went to my bank. I was like, well, I've got to do a wire transfer. I've got to do a cashier's check. And I said, I'm going to do whichever one's the cheapest. I mean, I just, I don't want to pay more fees to pay my fees. And, it's, and they won't let me pay with cash. Fees on fees, man. Fees it's great. Fees. Yeah. So it turns out because I have my business and all that stuff with my bank, um, I could do a cashier's check and they waived the cost on that. So there was no cost, but it was $25 to do a wire transfer. I'm like, yeah, uh -huh. that is, that's ridiculous because through my clearing company, it cost me 25 cents for every check that I clear through ACH. Mm-hmm. 25 cents. Yep. <laughs> but wire transfers are different. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. Oh man. I don't, I don't get it. You know, and that's the thing too. No, I recently went through that too. I wanted to. Um, I wanted to send my, uh, friend in Canada, some money mm. for, you know, some, you know, things that he had bought me some time ago. Right. Guess how I ended up getting him his money. You put cash in an envelope, a check, <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. ended up mailing a check. 
because <laughs> like they don't have Venmo up there. Can't use Zelle. I would try and do all my every online bill pay I tried, whether it was my local Citizens Bank or Intuit or American Express. They're like, yeah, just enter the address. They're like, what is this? What? Wait, yeah. As long as the country is United States, it'll go fine. Like, mm-hmm. Why are you asking me the country? If the only country you support is U.S., mm-hmm. yeah, so, why? Yeah, that's why. Yeah, why do you ask the country if you only serve? Yeah, that's it. Well, the United States. I mean, we do. Well, you travel too, but I mean, I travel to Mexico. I travel to Belize. I travel. Uh, you know, we went to the Seychelles. We, you know, we're we're good looking at our spring. We're going to go outside of the country. The rest of the world still uses cash as their primary uh mm-hmm. i would say europe europe's probably a more cashless than yeah i mean like certain countries like estonia are like you know very no known very well for their cashless stuff mm-hmm. and, you know how electronic they are and stuff but if you if if i dropped you off in middle of mexico mm-hmm. with just a credit card mm-hmm. and an id you would have a difficult time making that work. You could. I mean, you're a smart guy. You'd you'd find some place that'd take your credit card and take cash, mm-hmm. and they'd take a huge fee for, you know, uh-huh. the pace where you know like the, you you'd make it work. You'd, you'd pay for it, but yeah. you'd make it work. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, because that's the that's the thing is they, uh, if you pay with a credit card in Mexico, uh, there's the real rate of exchange what is the acceptable rate of exchange for financial banks but then there's the rate of exchange that you're going to get at this restaurant the normal exchange may be 14 you know but they're going to say no it takes 17 pesos to equal one dollar you know so oh not here here the exchange rate's different yeah here the exchange rate but i can go down to the bank well then go down to the bank bank. but (laughs) leave here without paying for that dinner and wait does that include the tip? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know we talked about tipping. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but I, I, when I travel, I've always got cash because just in case, um, yep. Yep. Uh, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of doing things a little differently also, uh, it's open enrollment time at, uh, at work for choosing my health insurance for the next year. And I am staying with my HSA because mm-hmm. I like HSA savings, you know, being able mm-hmm. to throw this year, what, $4,150 into mm-hmm. it, tax-free, tax-free going in, mm-hmm. tax-free coming out, tax-free on, you know, it's like, I like that. Um, But I am trying with the value plan and staying in network. Mm-hmm. So, because I realized that, I have out of network benefits, mm-hmm. but it's expensive to go out of network. So yeah. I decided, you know, hey, I'm in Boston. We have kind of like the best healthcare in the country. Mm-hmm. So, and we have a lot of choices. So maybe I'll just try staying with, you know, within the network this time around. Yeah. And uh, it's a couple thousand dollars difference between that and out of network. But you my methodology, have, hmm? you must have a lot more choices. I mean, we we do not go out of network here. Yeah. Well, here we have a lot. I mean, we have a lot of networks, but like, for instance, my physical therapist is not in network, right? 
Well, you know what? I've changed. I've gone to the same location, but I've seen like six different therapists over the time that I've gone there for mm-hmm. various shoulder and knee things. So am I tied to any one person? Not really. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, my dentist is in the network uh, for vision. I mean, vision insurance is just a, wow, what a, what a joke that is. You know, it's all Luxottica. It's mm-hmm. all the Ray-Ban lens crafters monopoly. You know, mm-hmm. it's all there. You're buying insurance. Basically all you're getting is a coupon to get, you know, product through them. So I always take the reimbursement instead. Mm-hmm. Um, dental, my, my dentist is part of that. So I was like, you know what? I'll just say my, my PCP, you know, Mass General, they're part of this network. They're, they they take Cigna, they're in network. So I figure that's where I'll go. And, you know, if I need specialists or whatever down in the Boston area, mm-hmm. probably going to have an okay time finding them down yeah. here. So, but the way I looked at it was how much do I get to save? And then what is my maximum out of pocket going to be? Mm-hmm. Give me all the deductibles, give me all the premiums, maximum, you know, and just give me that number. I don't care how much my copay is. I'm just assuming now, given my age and my activity levels, I'm going to hit the maximum. So every year, what's it going to cost me? Mm-hmm. And it, for now, it's it's something like $8,000 as opposed to 10000 this year. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? I'll take the eight. Give me that. Because I'm also able to save like over 4,000 tax free, as opposed to going with a flexible savings account, mm-hmm. you know, the FSA, which, you know, I still, I could experiment with that, but I, I just really like the idea of being able to save 4,000 now, mm-hmm. even if I spend another 4,000, you know, or whatever, because that 4,000 now in 10 years, I'm banking on that being worth a lot more, you know? Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I'll get back to you in about 10 years and let you know how that worked out. Yeah. Well, this year has been expensive for us because with my wife and she broke her arm. uh, Well, I say it's expensive for us. We've depleted a lot of our HSA on that. I mean, it wasn't out of pocket, but it was it was our money. (laughs) Right. Do you so when you have expenses in healthcare, do you always go to the HSA? Because I'm inclined. Yeah. See, I I'm always inclined to pay out of pocket and leave the HSA there making money. Well, I have investment engines that are making more money than my HSA. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> See, I just, for me, it's not a, um, it's not an intellectual thing for yep. me. It's an emotional thing. I want, yep. I want to know that I have money for healthcare. Yep. I don't care if it earns one penny. I just yeah. don't want it to lose one penny. I want, <laughs> you know, the money that I put in the HSA, I want it to be there and I want it to be there for medical. I don't want to invest it. I don't want yep. to take any chances with it. I just want it there for medical. Now my investment accounts, like I said, it's not, I mean, you could give me all kinds of reasons why I should. And I'm like, well, it's okay. We, we, it's okay. We can still be friends. <laughs> How come you and Adam, what, whatever happened? Yeah, we had a little bit of a falling out. Why? Well, he insisted on taking money out of his HSA. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> I guess your relationship wasn't as meaningful as you thought it was. <laughs> Wait, are you saying you take money out of your HSA? <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I have mine set up though. Like, you know, it's in a, uh, like a target date fund. So mm-hmm. it was just, you know, performing pretty well. Right. Mm-hmm. Not as not, it's not a top performer, but it's also not just like a, you know, 3% or 1% savings account either. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. So then, well, you know, when we were talking about music, you know, just kind of a back quick, I wish that I had gotten to see Prince live. Yeah. Um, I never saw him live. I, I really don't like going to big concerts yep. and he typically did really big concerts, but I would have loved to seen him do something like the Ryman auditorium in Nashville, where it's, it's a more intimate setting. You know, I don't, I don't know how many people are in there but you have you have the bottom row and you have the top row and it's and it's really set up like a church you're on church pews um and you know it's a if he if he were to yell from the stage without a mic you would clearly be able to see him yell you could you know you could hear him sing you could see him sing yep. from from that venue uh but i mean he's a ama- he was an amazing musician just mm-hmm. I mean, so I, like I said, I wish I would like, I wish I'd seen him live, but um, I wouldn't have wanted to go to any of his concerts because I just don't like concerts, (laughs) but I like live performances that are intimate. If you can get the, I think you can still get the recording. Um, See if you can find the recording of him uh, when he performed at the Super Bowl. Yeah, I saw that one. I didn't, um, I didn't watch it, but I saw that one, but I watched him. I watched him do uh, Purple Rain yep. in 1985. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was pretty good. I mean, it was pretty, it was definitely different. I mean, that was when he was with the revolution and everything. So it was, yep. but then I also watched him do um, play that funky music. He was a starting a concert. And uh, I mean, he just like came out of the stage, grabbed his guitar and I mean, and they just rocked it. I mean, it was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't really into live music when I was more into Prince. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't think I would have appreciated it that much. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always like, whenever I would hear the live version of a song, it would always bug me when they would get something like wrong yeah it was different from the studio version i was like Mm -hmm. "Ah, they didn't quite get it and you know and then i started to appreciate it more so yeah it's like if you decide yeah if if you know and get it in your head you're not going to hear the record yeah recorded music when you but it does allow them some songs not all songs but some songs sound better elaborated on Mm-hmm. after they've been playing them in concert 15 years and they've got a, you know, they've yep. taken this two and a half minute song and it's now an eight minute song. Yep. And, and those are fun sometimes. Well, it's kind of funny um, uh, on another podcast that I actually recently unsubscribed from, uh, but I, <laughs> I sent a message to one of the hosts on Mastodon to let him know um the question was you know what songs can you think that sound better live than in studio mm-hmm. and one that comes to mind is uh, the song is called big country by bella fleck mm-hmm. and the live version is just exponentially better than the uh the the studio the studio version i listened to it's like almost couldn't tell it's the same song it's yeah. just like it's good but it's just kind of 
feels like almost like emotionless, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. there's not a lot going on there. Yeah. And the live version is just so lively and vibrant. So mm-hmm. that, was, that was my, my pick of the week there. Yeah. Well, I was kind of like, I mentioned Joss Stone. So she did, uh, you put a spell on me. I mean, and she sang it, she, she was, she sang that song, but she sung it, you know, in a way that was like, wow, this is really awesome. You, but if you kind of look at like, uh, the Beatles sang uh, a little help from my friends. Yep. It was a marchy campy song. Yep. What would you do with the song out to would you stand up? <laughs> you know, and then Joe Cocker, you know, yeah, sings the he, tra- he transformed that. Song. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. On the next issue, issue, next episode of Blurring the Lines, Adam and Peter do Beatles duets. <laughs> yes. It's gonna be awful. Don't tune <laughs> yeah. Tune out now. <laughs> yeah, tune out now. Don't even listen next week. <laughs> oh man. Uh, um, did you have anything new or anything nifty for this week? I don't have anything nifty. I do have well, I no, nothing nifty. I, I had a new nifty feature that I just realized a couple of days ago that Speechify does. Okay. Speechify can read my Kindle books nice and so, uh, okay yeah it, it it integrates directly with amazon right in the app mm-hmm. and i had seen that little icon before i just never paid any attention to it until a couple of days ago mm-hmm. so that was kind of cool i was like all right <clears throat> i think that's pretty neat and um you know it's not quite as good as an audible but it's definitely better most time yeah it's, it's better than alexa mm-hmm. reading it you know the the any of the alexa voices yeah. So uh, I like it, you know, listening to have, having to, uh, you know, have like Snoop Dogg read a, a, a book. <laughs> so it's it's See, entertaining. I, like, I mean, one of the things that I like, I do like um, Audible when it has the narration that that spans across. You read the book, you listen yeah. to it and um, it'll, you know, it keeps track of all. I'm forgetting the name of that, what it's called. Unlimited, but I can't. Kindle Unlimited. Whisper. 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 Okay. Whisper, yeah. Whisper Sync. Whisper whisper sync it's it keeps all those things in sync so that would be pretty cool to listen to it to read it on spotify and then be able to go back and go read it so it kind of does that too because i don't know i've had a hard time lately finding uh reading books that have really been engaging to me i've just had i've been on a dry spell i mean i still read but they're not engaging to me so i'm i'm I go through them pretty slowly when I'm not interested in them. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. It's like you go through slowly cause you're not interested. And as a result, you end up staying with it longer and you're like, Oh, how do I get out of this thing? <laughs> yeah. I've just got to pound through this thing and be done. <sighs> so it, real quick before we, I mean, we're, we're running out of time, but <clears throat> so we, at the, at our lavender farm, we have got the root rot. The what? Root rot. Root rot. Now, when root I first rot. saw that, I thought that that was some kind of hack or exploit or something. <laughs> no. So there are only there are only a couple of things that kill lavender. Uh, one is obviously kryptonite. Kryptonite, obviously kryptonite. <laughs> uh, but in the absence of kryptonite, the the only thing that you can do to kill lavender is not put them in the right environment, meaning they don't get enough sunlight. They get too much water. Too much water will kill lavender because the roots have to 
they have to dry. So they yep. get wet, the rain's got to pass through. They got to get wet, the rain's got to pass through. They can't sit in water. Um, and then there, there's a fungus that will will kill lavender. And then there is a bug. So in Tennessee, the bug is not here. There's no bug. In, there's no bug in Tennessee that will eat lavender unless it just, you know, decide some crazy bug decided to chew on. But most most bugs uh, either live around lavender, but they don't eat it because uh, lavender is in the mint family. And so okay. it's astringent, you know, so what the reason we um, like mint, mint is technically an oil that's irritating your tongue. That's what makes the cool flavor is it's it's not really cool. It is an irritant that we like, kind of like pepper. Pepper is a poison, <laughs> you know, pepper makes it hot. So you won't eat those plants. But <laughs> Peter says, I'll eat you anyway, because I'm not, I'm not susceptible to your poison, <laughs> but I see you and raise you your pain. <laughs> <laughs> but so lavender can get this, this fungus, uh, and, uh, it, it kills it. It, it, it rots the roots. It rots the plant yep. and, um, our plants, which we had 2000 of them, uh, we're down to about 500 of them in this field, uh, and they they all produced this year. So we got lavender off of them and then they promptly died. Uh, so at least we got lavender off of them this year. But uh, we have sent off to the Tennessee Department of Agriculture soil samples and plant samples. And so we do have the fungus and the the dilemma now. So we've got a, we have two fields and our other field seems to be OK. But we do have some plants that are dead there. So we're going to go confirm. We're sending soil samples to the Tennessee Department of Agriculture to make sure that we do not have the fungus on that in that field, which is across a creek. So it'd be it would have had to have been transferred one way or another with tools or plants or whatever. But if we have the fungus in both fields, we are then in a dilemma. <laughs> we have to either have plants that are fungus resistant, or we have to put down a fungus fungicide that will beat this thing. If it, if there is such a thing, or if it, you know, we, we may have just been like, okay, well, we're out of business on the lavender, which would suck. <laughs> <laughs> We've kind of put a lot of, in, excuse me, a lot of investment in that property for lavender. <laughs> And you want to, yeah, you you would have to just adjust your target uh, to, you know, attract more insects who are more irritated by the lavender. <laughs> doubly irritated. Yeah, doubly irritated that eat fungus. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm not sure if there are any bugs that eat the fungus, but uh, mm. but hopefully with we'll have some sort of treatment if we have if that's an option. Maybe uh, with AI we could come up with one. Yes, that's what I need. I mean, that's the answer to everything, isn't it? <laughs> it, it is the answer to everything these days. <laughs> oh, brother. Well, on that note, should we close this out? I think we should. All right. So you brought us in, so I'll take us out. All right. All right. If you want to get a hold of us, you can find us at blurringthelinespodcast.com. You can find Adam at sublimecomp.com. He can, you can find him on rrlavender.com. 
You can find him on X at Sublime Comp. And you can find me at Nicolaitis.com. And I'm also at Nicolaitis at Infosec.exchange on Mastodon. Okay, there you go. <laughs> and with that, since you brought us in, I'll take us out by pushing the big red button. To contact either us or our guests, visit BlurringTheLinesPodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast. And leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us.